Welcome to the ABB Solutions Podcast, where we address challenges faced in our industry. I'm your host, Mike Murphy, speaking to you from Greenville, South Carolina. Today we have Mike Maida, Business Development Manager for ABB Products. He's here to speak with us on how to be successful using the ABB ability. All right, Mike, to start, there's a lot of talk regarding Industry 4.0. So does this just apply to digitalization? Mike, no, I think that's a great question. Um, The definition that I like to use and kind of benchmark around the statement that the integration of information and communication technology in the industrial environment is in and of itself a broad definition for Industry 4.0. But aside from digitalization, you have optimization, customization, um, human-machine interaction. Uh, value-added services that are byproducts of that digital journey, and the automatic data exchange and communication that exists between the manufacturer and the production equipment. And that's where I'd like to focus our discussion today in and around the 4.0 solutions or digitalization solutions ABB offers and what that breadth of, uh, of product, what can we do with it? And where does it fit into our manufacturer partners? Okay, great. So uh, digital, a lot of people may think Bluetooth. So can you talk about how can we leverage Bluetooth technologies? You know, it's a very cost-effective means of communication. So prior to industrial Bluetooth, We would, you know, traditionally have conduit runs, wired pulled. Uh, Think about that wire, something plugged into each side of that is probably fairly expensive. So on one side, you're plugging it into a a device, um, whether that be PLC, drive, sensor of some form. You have a wire going back to a server. The wiring is extremely expensive. So is the, what you're plugging into. And so you're eliminating that cost in the deployment of a digital solution. So number one, I think Bluetooth is an extremely inexpensive way to dynamically and agile uh, development uh, infrastructure or an architecture very inexpensively. You know, and the second thing is that more and more devices are being able to connect via Bluetooth. So it's not uncommon to see a maybe a device inside of a cabinet that's giving us a Bluetooth signal on temperatures and interior interior environmental status. But it also, you know, you have can have a, a worker with a pair of glasses on that's communicating Bluetooth to a device and we're using it for safety before we open a cabinet. What's the temperature? What's the interior environment look like? So Bluetooth, both sides of the fence from a, a machine broadcasting the information we're trying to garner Bluetooth or the worker using Bluetooth devices to go out and capture that information. Just an extremely inexpensive means of communication. I think number one, that's probably at the heart of it. All right. So let's dive into sensing equipment. I keep hearing about how uh, smart sensors can measure temperature, vibration. What other ways can the ABB ability technology be useful to an end user? 
let's step back and talk about the migration of that product. When the product was initially developed, we were looking to roll out a predictive maintenance device. And if we're just talking about the ABB Ability Smart Sensor for Motors, that product, when we when we initially rolled that out, was meant to determine the temperature that a machine was run at, an electric motor was run at, the frequency that it was run at, stop starts, how it was stop start. All of these things brought went into an algorithm, and it would have a smart result at the end, saying it's probably time for maintenance. You know, and after collecting billions of data points and refining algorithms, we were quickly able to figure out, hey, if we can determine when a machine needs maintenance, could we determine its failure point? And the answer to that is yes. So looking through trending, we can tell, you know, where will maintenance intervene shutdown and where will replacement have to occur in order, you know, to manage uptime. And so we started looking at it from that perspective and we're able to help our customers bring their standard deviation of unplanned powertrain failures down significantly. So that was kind of the first adoption, right? We had a maintenance tool. We then leveraged that into a predictive failure device. And now where else can we use that data? We're understanding better how to communicate through maintenance, storeroom, and procurement. Because if you have a machine that you're measuring its vibration, its heat, its health, predictive failure points, and you're now sharing that information with your storeroom clerk. And is there a spare? And if not, are we automating messages to the procurement team to initiate RFQ? And so it's becoming more deeply entrenched into the culture of keeping that uptime paramount and making sure that you're cognizant of uh, reducing unplanned failures. And if there is a failure, byproduct of that is the exercise of organizing the storeroom and organizing digital paths for purchase. It's much more than just how hot and shaky is it. It's it's a communication platform. All right, Mike, uh, talk to us on how the ABB digital technology can help us bridge the skill gap our industry is currently seeing. You know, that in and of itself is a huge topic, tribal runoff and skill gap filling. But immediately what the ABB Ability Platform can do is take out that tribal knowledge that may exist. So let's use an example of a employee, we'll call this employee boomer, uh, baby boomer, and comes to work early every day, starts coffee, walks the floor, and by sixth sense or hearing, uh, understanding this process through a tenure of, of working at the plant, there's something wrong, right? Hey, Larry, go over there and take a look. That doesn't sound right. So now when you plug in a completely new set of individuals, they're looking at things through a different lens, but they also don't have that tenure of understanding. So now when we put a sensor on that motor and drivetrain, right? So now we're managing the health of the powertrain autonomously without the intervention of Boomer, uh, we're able to you know, quickly take that off of that individual's job description, if you will. It circumvents that tribal knowledge that exists in the marketplace today on how your equipment is running, either by feel or by uh, having a tenure of, of, of running it. Now we just get clean, clear data from it that's real time, and we're able to take out that whole process of trying to garner an understanding of how your 
platforms running. You can actually, you know, quantify how your process is running. I, I don't think we'll ever be able to uh, solve the skill set challenge with digitalization, but we can definitely plug holes that exist when you start to introduce tribal runoff and people leaving, retiring, backfilling that with new individuals. Uh, again, it's an entire cultural issue, but you can take the communication from machine to human and automate those processes. That certainly shores up what some of Boomer did. We hear uh, a little bit of fear of, of cloud technology, uh, perhaps the cost of infrastructure or on-site versus off-site data storage. Can you expand more on that about the pros and cons of this cloud-based technology and data storage? At the heart of slow adoption to cloud-based uh, edge computing is fear. You know, fear that my intellectual property is going to be compromised. And uh, the other part is, uh, you know, we're fighting a decade of selling on-site solutions. So large name corporations that sell firewalls and hardware solutions where you have a, a server on site and, hey, your data is protected because it's over there behind that locked wall in that server. You can't get to it any other way. You know, we're finding that even those infrastructures are vulnerable. You look at the news and just our recent pipeline issue and and maybe some of the shops that you visit in the past, you hear data breaches and those type of things. What I think is important about cloud-based computing is I don't think people really realize that the author of the math that's happening, the algorithm that's happening cloud-side, right? So we're taking all these bits and frequencies and hertz, and we're taking all of this data, zero and ones, binary data, and we're, we're telling a story of the health, how this machine is doing. If you were able to intercept that, the value of that data is zero. It doesn't lead to a recipe on how I'm building a, a product. It doesn't uh, infringe upon the ability to get into somebody's intellectual property. I think when you, when you also look at you have vested parties on your side of digital securities when that cloud is really a rack space in a data silo that's owned by one of the three giants, right? Google, Microsoft, Amazon. So you have Microsoft, Google, and Amazon fighting for security to make sure that there's no breach in their cloud environment. You have the author of the algorithm, in this case, ABB Ability, ABB's concern of security on that 128-bit encrypted data transmission. The customer should feel safe that there's enough vested interest in the data exchange that it's much bigger than just their intellectual property. But I think at the heart of it, it's really muscle memory and decades of selling hardware solutions because that cloud infrastructure may not have been as robust as it is today. Okay, great. Uh, that is all the time we have. Uh, remember, if you would like more information on the ABB Ability Digital Solution, contact your local ABB sales representative. If you have questions regarding this podcast series, visit us at us-solutions at abb.com. Thanks and have a great rest of your day.